everyone. Welcome to the pilot episode of this podcast. I'm Xavier. I'm Deja. And today we're going to talk about some random nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Why are you laughing? <laughs> it's, the, it's the radio voice. Well, radio voice. This is how I talk. Welcome to the podcast. Okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> okay. So we can segue into the cyberpunk stuff. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Now we're going to talk about CD Projekt Red and cyberpunk 2077 are you ready yeah so i've actually prepared i have this whole write-up okay. i'm actually kind of excited i learned a lot okay um so have you ever heard of cd project red no outside of me mentioning it no all right so first we're gonna talk about the history of cd project red right okay and is this the company that made this the is game? the company okay. that made okay. cyberpunk yeah so cd project red is a polish game development studio whose consumer-friendly policy has, or had, we'll come back to that, earned it a special place in the hearts of its fans, right? So what I mean by that is to say that, like, people people like love CD Projekt Red. Okay. They have, like, a like a cult following, I guess, almost. What other games have they released? Huh? We'll get into it. We'll oh, get into okay. it. Okay. So, but first, <laughs> let's, let's talk about their history, right? Okay. So... Um, the company was established all the way in the 90s. Mm-hmm. They actually didn't start as a game development studio. They started as a games retailer. Um, and how that worked is basically these two high school friends decided that they wanted to, I guess, sell more games in Poland, mm-hmm. which before they existed, didn't have any like real connection to the games industry. Okay. Like People still played video games from what I can tell. But there were no like big companies coming right. out of Poland. Right? Exactly. Right. Um, so what they would do is they would order discs from abroad and sell them at something called the Warsaw Computer Bazaar. Now I spent the Warsaw, Warsaw. Computer Bazaar. Okay. Warsaw's a place. Yeah. It's like a city. Yeah. I could not, for the life of me, find any good information on what that is. Uh-huh. But based on what I saw, it seems like it was an underground black market for like discs basically okay so that's why they're cd project red because they're a cd project right so they did that um starting in like the i want to say mid 90s um and by 2002 they had expanded to the point where they were able to move into other business areas Mm -hmm. and they had always wanted to start a game development company and they were already selling games Mm -hmm. so at this point they're basically like a retailer or a distributor okay and they say Let's just make a game. And they begin the work on their first title. Do you want to guess what it is? Cyberpunk. No. (laughs) The Witcher. What? They begin work on the first Witcher game. Right? At the time, it was the most expensive Polish video game to ever be produced. So they released it like it happened. Yeah, it, it happened. So they, it, it took them years, I want to say wow. five, six years it took them, but they released the first Witcher. I'm sorry, no, I, I wrote it down. Look at me. Um, the game was released in 2007. So that, yeah, five years, I got it in the first try. Um, and from what I could tell, uh, granted, I wasn't, I never played the first Witcher. I mm-hmm. wasn't really, I mean, I was alive, but I would have been like, I mean, I was in high school, but I just didn't have the game. Right. Um, and it seems that they received it positively. Um, all of the, like, again, it was um, it was a while ago, mm-hmm. and I'm not a professional reporter or anything. So everything I found was kind of like retrospectives. Right. But basically, they said, is the thing that 
really stood out to them at the time was how good the story was basically like the gameplay was of course there but that's that's not why you go to the witcher one right um so moving forward in their history Mm. do you want to guess what they're going to do next they're going to try to make another game wrong in 2008 (laughs) excuse me in 2008 the company established the website gog are you have you ever heard of that no okay so this was really crazy for me because gog i don't know if it's a huge deal but i've known like i've used it before Mm -hmm. um and what it is is it's a distribution platform for games and i think some software um but the thing that makes gog special is that it's um mostly drm free do you know what a drm is no <laughs> this is <laughs> no this this got like so much more happened in this project than i ever thought would happen okay um so basically you I, i'm pretty sure you've actually experienced drm before um so like with itunes you know mm-hmm. how itunes will say you can have all this music but it's only registered to this one device yeah and if you lose that device it's like a huge hassle yeah you can't get it back that's drm okay it's basically a system to try and protect copyright Uh so basically if you buy something you can't just give someone else a copy of the file because the file is tied to your device okay that's what drm exists to do gotcha cd project red with gog said no we're not doing that Mm -hmm. you buy the thing it's like you have a physical copy it's like if you bought a disc you can just give it give it yeah um and that's part of the reason people like them so much is because they have an incredibly um, customer-friendly yes. policy yeah. most of the time. Um, but there are some like scruples that come with that. Okay. Um, but just put a pin in that. Yeah. Um, so that's 2008. They released GOG. And apparently they must have been in a production of The Witcher 2 shortly after this happened or while it was happening okay because in 2008 they released gog and then in 2011 they released the witcher Witcher 2 right right so that's the one with you play witcher 3 right yeah so the main story in witcher 2 is you remember letho yeah Uh he kills a king basically oh okay and it causes all this crazy nonsense which is why in um the witcher 3 he's on the run exactly makes sense so that's one of the main storylines in witcher two and i again i think i played some of it but i never finished it because i didn't own it right um the witcher 2 did incredibly well um and by 2012 they were able to announce that they had sold over two million copies okay Um, big balling yeah and so (laughs) later that year the company would announce cyberpunk 2077 the one that just came out yes in 2012 that's when they announced Cyberpunk that 2077. That makes the news that I've been hearing about it so much more painful. Yep, exactly. But we're we're going to Yeah, cuz I remember I remember that release, right? Cuz I was I think just graduating high school and getting ready to go into college. Yeah. That's how long wow, ago that that's was. That's such a long time. I mean, I know that like a couple years, I would always hear, oh, push back, push back. But like... Well, see, here's, here's did, the thing. I, here's the thing. If you... We're going to keep talking about right. it, but let's just, let's just move on. Because um, I want to get through all of it, and then I can talk about how I feel about it. Right. Um, 
So the idea behind Cyberpunk 2077 is that it would it's going to be an open world game exploring the uh, world of cyberpunk. And this is kind of sticky because cyberpunk is a genre, but it's also a specific product. Um, so cyberpunk is like, you know what steampunk is? No. Is that you don't music? know what steampunk is? What is that? Okay, so steampunk is like... <laughs> Why would I know what that is? How do you not know? Okay. <laughs> so steampunk is like... We're going to have to use the computer for this. Um, and this is excellent radio. Um, but so steampunk is like... It's a certain aesthetic. It's when you mix like Victorian era oh, London... Oh, it's a style of dress? With like See? sort of... It's, it's a setting. So like... It's like if you mix Victorian era London with like high tech it's like if you achieved uh it's like if you achieved high tech with steam power instead of with the stuff that we have now so you have stuff like automatons and you know what this looks like this looks like how they try to like set up cora like how the people yeah yeah cora was kind of cora was like a soft steampunk situation cyberpunk is like that but instead of steam being the core and like victorian era being the core the and by era, steam, we literally mean steam? Steam, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but cyberpunk is like, so if you take that, the two elements of steampunk are Victorian era and steam power, right? Got gotcha. And if you take that and you go um, the far future uh-huh. and like digital technology, that's cyberpunk. Okay. So cyberpunk has like this, um, how do I put it? It's like if we were far in the future, but also it was still the 80s. Ugh. Does, do you, you see what I mean? Like, yeah. that's kind of the aesthetic of it. Okay, I get it. I get um, it. And it existed at the time as a pen and paper tabletop game. Really? Yeah. So the writer is a guy by the name of Mike Pondsmith, and um, he actually was a consultant on the game. Okay. Um, and he's been a game designer for a long time. Um... That's him. That's a black dude. Yeah, that's that's Mike. Wow, was um, not expecting that. Yeah, he um. Wow. So he's the guy who developed Cyberpunk. <laughs> he, he's been developing tabletop games for like. Wow, poor one out for my man. Years. Mike. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I I couldn't find his opinions on the release. I guess I didn't look that hard, but still. So he helped develop the he developed the pen and paper system for Cyberpunk. And he was a consultant on the the game, the video game, gotcha. which again was announced in 2012. Right. Um, so moving forward to the next step in the history of CD Projekt Red, uh-huh. they released The Witcher 3 in 2015. Okay, so they're kind of on a roll. So while they're producing, I guess at this point they're big, because keep in mind, I think, and I wouldn't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that they're the biggest game developer in Poland. Like, maybe easily. Okay. So they're at a point, I, apparently, where they can develop two big projects side by side. Right. So in 2015, they released The Witcher 3. Um, now, you played The Witcher 3, and yes. so did I, actually. Fantastic game. However, what I didn't know is that we both played it way after launch. And launch Witcher 3 is much different from end product Witcher 3. Really? So, at the launch of Witcher... Whoa, 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 whoa. So that means people who played it 
immediately after launch played a different game? Yeah, in some ways. Okay. So it's going to make sense once I explain it. So <clears throat> at launch, The Witcher 3 was full of glitches. Like it, it was not broken, but like you had stuff like people would T-pose randomly. The what horses this? would merge what together. T pose? It's literally, hang on, Deja. Oh my goodness. Listen, I'm not you're, you're using terminology. <laughs> okay, so here's a T-pose. Oh, so literally. Yes, it's exactly what it so sounds like. So like when it gets stuck. So yeah, so the why that happens is when you're doing a, a 3D model, that's the default pose. So you can oh. see the most of it. So sometimes when the code messes up, they just revert to that pose and they'll like slide around Ooh. in the T-pose. So people would T-pose, horses would merge. Let me see if I can find some early Not glitches. horses would merge. Oh, we love that sound of the keyboard. Yeah, got a little <laughs> ASMR in there for you. <laughs> Um. Yes. Yeah, so there's the there's the horse. He's like lost his skin. And you can <gasps> That's just see terrifying. His eyes. Yeah. Um. And stuff oh. like this would happen. Like you would just do stuff like that. Um. I'm not sure what really. Okay. Yeah, stuff wait, wait, like wait. that would happen. I'm gonna sidetrack for a second though, because I thought there were like steps and. Like creating games, aren't there people who like test it before they release it? Yeah, that, that's a part of the problem. Um, so what happens is what happens with CD Projekt Red, and this is a thing that kind of went over my head and maybe went over a lot of people's heads. What appears to be happening is that CD Projekt Red really wants to make really good games, like the, the developers on staff do anyway, right? Um, because their games end up being very good, so like. It was released with all these glitches, and it went to reviewers like that, mm -hmm. and the reviewers took it, played it, and gave them like a 9 out of 10 or even a 10 out of 10, because they could tell that like there was a good game in there, if that makes sense. So they just ignored all of that stuff. Right, because the glitches aren't constant. Like you can, they just happen some, like you're playing the game, and, it'll and then it'll glitch. Right. right. So it's not like the game is unplayable, and the stuff, when it works... They were like, this is really good when it works. And again, because The Witcher, I should have mentioned this at the start, The Witcher is actually based on a um, on a series of fantasy novels, also called The Witcher. Right, um, yeah. But what they did was, rather than just porting over the book, they made their own story within that world to kind of like add to it. Yeah, okay. Um so The Witcher has a really interesting world, mm -hmm. but they also have really good writers for the games because it's it's not like they're just copying the writer's story, if that yeah. makes sense. Um, so again, their story was incredible um, for The Witcher 3. I mean, you played The Witcher 3. Yeah. Um, people really liked the story. I think that's for good reasons. And also the gameplay was mostly intact. Um I've been told that The Witcher 3 at launch, the movement was really bad and they had to completely change that. Mm -hmm. But, and this is another reason that people really like CD Projekt Red, is they kept patching the game until okay. it was fixed. And now, granted, this process apparently took several months. So the game that you and I played yeah. is like closer to what they got like six months down the road. Okay. Um, and then on top of that, they released 16 free DLC bundles. I guess like almost as even make money like an apology. Well, because the game still sold, like people still bought it. Yeah, but 
16? It's a lot of money. Like, imagine if you sold 2 million of anything. If you, Even if yeah, you charged the 50 cents, that's still a million bucks. Yeah, that's And it true. wasn't 50 cents. So, yeah. well, I don't know what the profit margins on that is. But still, I, yeah. still, it's a lot of money. So, they made 16 free DLCs, and then they made two paid expansions. Okay. However, the expansions together, I want to say, cost about 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. And it's like 30 hours of content. You said that like it was a bad thing. Is that a bad thing? No, it's a good thing. Oh, I was just said <laughs> however. I'm like, that sounds like a great deal. Yeah, it, it's so they're, like I said, they're really good about having customer-friendly policies. Okay. Um, so like, I actually wrote a paragraph here. I'll just read that. So the combination of free DLC releases and the general quality of the game after it had been patched created the impression that the developers of CD Projekt Red were committed to creating a quality experience, and ultimately, the release of Witcher 3 seems to have generated more goodwill for the company rather than ruin its reputation. You better summarize. (laughs) (laughs) So, it, like, and that's basically it, is, like, what happened is they, instead of people hating them, Mm -hmm. people looked at the way that they came back from that catastrophe and they ended up with more goodwill in their bank okay um and so i guess i should probably talk about what people think is happening with cd project red because when i start talking about cyberpunk 2077 you're gonna see a lot of parallels to the witcher 3 release Uh and basically what people think is happening is they're making this game right Uh uh-huh and the developers are doing whatever they have to do to make it the best game they can okay however the shareholders are saying, listen, this game has to be at X time and it has to come out with at X price. Mm-hmm. Right? So the problem with that is, is if the shareholders come to these people and they say, we need this game by, um, let's say June. Right. We need this game by June. Um, and the developers say, we can't do it by June. Mm-hmm. The shareholders... Are, are in a position where they can just say... Pull money, right? Huh? Well, they can pull money from the project, can't they? I mean, they could, but typically what they do is say, no, you're getting it to me by June. Because if they if they pull money, if they shut down the project... It's then, over. Right. Right, then yeah. they don't get anything either. Mm-hmm. So this happens to me and my job sometimes. Right. Um, it's, I work in uh, IT. So what'll happen is they'll say, we need this many servers by this day. And the team lead will say that's not possible and they'll say do it anyway because right some people are like that i guess um and so what happens is they end up releasing a game that is good because at the because the team is still very talented right. like they can make a good game it's just not finished okay but my thing is they've been working on it since you said 2012 yeah it takes a long time to make I get it. It takes yeah. a long time to be, and isn't it? Wasn't it supposed to be open world kind of? Yeah, it, right. It takes a longer time to do that. It takes a long time. That. Well, if you look at the difference, I mean, I guess it's double the usual time. But Cyberpunk was incredibly ambitious because yeah. they part of the thing that they were advertising is that the city is like self functioning. Um, so basically, it's supposed to be like a living simulation of a city. Gotcha. And it kind of is. It's just that again, the game is not done. Right. Um. And the testing thing that you mentioned. There are people whose job it is to test it. But it's like, that doesn't matter. If if they test it and the testers say, this, this, and this needs to be fixed. And then someone else says, okay, we're shipping it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like, it doesn't matter. 
Um, so fast forward to the release of Cyberpunk 2077 in the year of our Lord, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is when the delays actually start happening. And this was really interesting to me because I actually couldn't find any delays besides this year. So when Cyberpunk was initially advertised again in 2012, mm-hmm. um, the release date that they advertised was just when it's ready. Which is almost heartbreaking given what ended up happening. Yeah, because um, it wasn't ready. Right, and they release it anyway for whatever reason. Um, so the initial release date was going to be April 16th, 2020. The game got delayed from April 16th to September 17th. Okay. Still of 2020. In June, the game was further delayed until no- November 19th. Okay. Then in October, <laughs> the game was delayed for a final time to December 10th. Right. Which is when it finally came, came out. out. Still yeah. incomplete. So, yeah. That, I remember, well, like, it being, I you, you know, you keep track of stuff kind of, like, in the back of your mind. I remember yeah. it be like, delayed, delayed, delayed. And I was like, oh, it's just going to keep getting delayed. And then I was like, it's out. Yeah. And people were like playing. <laughs> yeah. Because it didn't actually, if you look at it, it got delayed like six months April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. Eight months. Right. I I mean, I didn't research like the history of game delays, but that's not even a year. Yeah. Like it's, it's a long time to be delayed, but for a AAA game, I could see it. Like if stuff isn't working, it, it's going to take time to fix. Right. But the problem with that is because they kept delaying it, it it's because the delays happened so like close to each other, mm-hmm. it became very um it left a really negative opinion on people. Mm-hmm. Um and also another part of the problem is do you know what crunch time is? I'm just gonna say no. Okay. So crunch time is basically I mean it's exactly what it sounds like. Sounds like like, like you're down to the down last to the second. Wire, okay, yeah. I thought you were gonna hit me with something. No. Way but, less but than in what the, I thought. In the video games industry, crunch time is actually really infamous because what happens is you'll have people working like fourteen hour days for months. Wow. Right. Like sweatshop conditions, except you're on a computer instead of at like a factory. And probably also getting and, paid. Maybe. Yeah. Really? Uh, it depends. Like it, it really <laughs> depends on the company. But you're you're getting paid, but it's not like you're getting paid overtime. Sometimes you're you're not getting like benefits or comp time or anything. It's just you just have to keep working. And God help you if you're salaried. You just yeah have to hold the L. Yikes! That's um, crazy. I always assumed that those environments were more like. You know how they portray Google to be. Yeah. I know everything isn't like that, but very yeah. much like hey. Here's some. So what happens? I don't know. What (laughs) giving people an healthcare in 2020? Are you kidding me? Um, So what happens in the game is industry is usually they take advantage of the fact that people who go to be game developers are usually very young and very passionate about it, and so they use that to basically coerce people into working these hours. Which I didn't. I watched a video that was really good, and God help me, I should have written it down. but basically what the guy says is he talks he says that he interviews a couple of like game devs Mm -hmm. and their general consensus of it is that because game developers tend to be very passionate they are going to do crunch time 
even if you don't want them to. Like um, one of them, one of the people he interviewed was ended up being a manager Mm -hmm. and he was like in charge of managing projects and what people did. And he said that it came to a point where he had to start sending people home because you know how people get when they're really into something, they'll just work on it. Yeah. Yeah. And so he crunch time is a thing that is part of the industry, but they will often use it to exploit people. Cause you can only do that for so long Mm -hmm. before you start having like mental breakdowns. Like, they they have uh, what they call stress casualties, mm-hmm. which is where people work so hard that they just won't they can't come in for like three months. That's they wild. just have like mental breakdowns. That's and crazy. It, the the symptoms are apparently akin to PTSD. Wow, really? Yeah. Okay, this is kind of like straying a little bit, but are there like teams specifically for one game, or do people like work across different games? So like let's say there's like a, a game company or a, I guess, and they're working on game A, yeah. And I'm a mm, give me a position in a game developer. Yeah, you're uh, you're the senior senior UI developer. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Right, you're them. And <laughs> they're working on game A. Yeah. And game A is coming to the end, but then game B is at the middle stage. Mm. Does this person work on game A and B? Or are they just on one game at a time? I think it depends. Again, I'm not an expert on this subject, but I have heard stories of people who, like, if you're working at a big company, you'll be, depending on, I guess, the size of the company, sometimes your job will be to do UI design for, like, three or four different games. Um, But generally, I think you're just on a project. Okay. But All right. Again, I just it, listeners that. take that with a grain of salt because I truly I don't know. That's just hearsay, basically. Um, okay, so what did like what went wrong with the game? What went wrong with the game? Was it just the glitches this time? Literally, all the stuff that I described about Witcher Three release. Yeah. Same thing. Um, like sometimes because I actually bought the game and played it in preparation for this. Did you really? Yeah. You bought it on what? On my computer. Computer. Yeah. Okay. So I played it. I mean, I need to know. Yeah, but um, yeah. So there's a lot of visual bugs. Really? Like people will drop through the ceiling. Um, I was doing an issue, uh, um, a mission mm-hmm. where um, I had to ride in a car with someone and I kept dying. Mm-hmm. And every time I would die, I would spawn and it would slide me over into the seat with my partner. Right. So I would be like looking out of her skull. So I was, like, seeing her eyeballs, eyeballs and, like, the sides of her hair. Because it wasn't like I was her character. Yeah, you were My like character was sitting inside of hers. Yeah. So sometimes you'll die randomly. Um, sometimes enemies will be invincible. So the game takes place in Night City. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, but outside of Night City, there's, like, a... It looks almost like New Vegas. It's just, like, not a savanna, but mm-hmm. it's, like dry shrubbery kind of area desert yeah but like with more greenery (laughs) and more trees and for the first six times i played the game no matter where i went i could always see the trees through all of the buildings really yeah so like the buildings would like clip out and you could just see the trees in the background even if you shouldn't have been able to that's crazy because i'd like seen 
um, I hadn't watched anyone play because yeah. typically, you know, I watch people play games or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because I was, I didn't, I obviously I didn't anticipate that it would be this bad. So I'm thinking, well, I'm gonna get it. Yeah. And then I started seeing people like post stuff talking about like game breaking bugs mm-hmm. or how they're quitting the let's play because they just can't handle it. Mm-hmm. This one guy, um, he tweeted how the game was just like a mess, mm-hmm. and he was trying to he was trying to get a mission to load, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't available, and he had to like keep going back to it to try to get it to load up and eventually he got it but that's and, and then stuff like that recently happening. yeah the update that they took it off the store yeah oh they took it off the store yeah they took it off i thought they see i didn't sony know that. right that's yeah, what this, yeah. All, all, all i knew oh yeah sony took it off the sony store because the they had some kind of dispute with the, between cd project red and sony mm. um that i don't know a whole lot about i wish i did i just stopped researching after yeah, like yeah, I mean, the initial yeah um but they also offered um refunds for people in the playstation i saw store, full I refunds yeah because it's it's like and so here's the thing like after playing the game it's still it's fun like the the combat feels good for the most part mm. um there might be some balancing issues um movement is really good because mm-hmm. um, they do the thing where if you jump you can like parkour onto stuff and climb up yeah and the city is set in such a way that i often find a lot of ways to climb around things if i'm looking to do that right um they give you a ton of options for how you want to build your character and they all legitimately seem like meaningfully different right um leveling up the way that that's done is um it's kind of like the witcher like you know how you would get your level and then you get your perk point Mm -hmm. okay so that's still the same but they've added another thing called street cred and what street cred does (laughs) street cred the cyberpunk is it's a it's a way about that kind of stuff like they there's all this slang that i don't understand and like what choom i have no idea what a choom is okay um instead of business they say biz so it's very that's a part of the setting though it i agree that it's i think it's kind of lame but like very cringy it wouldn't be cyberpunk if, if it, if it wasn't it, like right, that right. yeah um so street cred how that works is as you do missions you get more street cred. it's like your reputation basically right and certain things you can't unlock unless your street cred hits a certain has hits a certain point so in addition to you having to level up you also have your street cred, which gives you other things. And on top of that, your skills level as you use them. So when you level up just broadly, like if you get enough experience points to reach level 12, you get uh, an attribute point, which mm-hmm. goes into like your strength or your stamina or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you get a skill point, which goes into one of your skills. But then your skills also have like a use level. So like the more you shoot someone with a handgun, the more you'll level up your handgun. Handgun stuff. And every time you hit another handgun level, you get another perk point Hmm. that you can put anywhere. So because of all the way all those three things interact, Mm -hmm. it's like I never go more than maybe an hour without feeling like I'm getting a power boost. Okay. Because I'm constantly getting stuff. And then on top of that, you have cyberware. So... What cyberware does is you can replace parts of your body with robot parts, basically. Right. So, like, with me, I'm doing a, a melee fist fighter. Um, so, I've replaced my arms with a, uh, <laughs> with a, uh, 
with a cyber upgrade that's called Gorilla Arms, mm-hmm. which they're just robot arms, but they let you do more damage with your fists. Right. You can put mods in it so your fists do fire or lightning damage or whatever you want. Um, so, and those just cost money. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's another power spike that you can get tied to a completely different thing that isn't your level or your skills. It's just your money. I mean, so like, there's always something that you could be. Yeah, it sounds like towards. it was meant to be a really like good like uh complex game yeah but so I'm, did you finish did you finish no, the game? I, I haven't beaten it are you gonna keep playing or are you like i'm gonna wait because because here's the thing the the story i don't think is as good as the witchers um that could just be me being dumb but there's a lot of because there's a lot of times where people are saying things and i'm just not following right like i went to do this one mission um to help this lady named Pan Am, mm-hmm. who's one of the uh, she's one of the people in the game that you can work with okay. to help, and I'm not going to spoil the mm-hmm. the story, mm-hmm. um, but you can work with her to help you try to do what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that you meet her is through a completely different lady um, who's what's called a fixer, and mm-hmm. basically what they do is they just find jobs for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so this fixer sends you to Pan Am. When you get to Pan Am, she tells you her old partner betrayed her. Following. That's fine. She calls her old partner and starts talking to him about how they're split up or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then someone else who's with you says, oh, you're betraying the fixer. That's bold of you. And I was just kind of sitting there like, I don't know why this is a betrayal i don't remember is this a choice that i made is he talking about her or me Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of stuff like that where people are just like oh this is this is huge i can't believe you're doing that to this person and i'm just like just lost yeah and i don't know if that's because of me or because of the way the game is written um Hmm. but that being said the story i'm up in the air about Right. Uh, Because The Witcher can be like that, too, if you're not paying attention. So maybe that's what happened. Um, Yeah, it can be. But yeah, overall, I I feel like I'm getting to experience The Witcher release here. Because it's It's like... the same thing. Yeah, like, and I can tell that there's, like, legitimately a pretty good game in there. Have they, like, released a statement or anything? I mean, they've released a couple of statements, but nothing like big ground bacon but but if i had to if i had to guess the same thing's gonna happen they're in a couple gonna... months they're gonna patch everything and it's gonna be a really good game so like the issue is i think that they should have just stuck to their guns initially when they said it's coming out when we're done with it i mean but like you said if there's somebody above them right who's like now yeah <laughs> they can't really there's nothing they can do, do anything but i guess that. that person should have stuck to their yeah, that person probably isn't worried about the quality of the game yeah, as much as yeah, the and same. And ultimately, I do kind of regret the. Uh, I do kind of regret buying it. Yeah. Just because of the. Oh, crunch time was a huge thing. So the entire time they were delaying. Yeah. It was they were in crunch mode. For all those months. Yeah, basically. Oh man, those poor employees. Exactly. So that and that's another thing where people were saying it, like looking up videos that of people talking about the situation. Yeah. I met a lot of people. Met. I heard from a lot of people that said, uh, you know, if if it comes down to the health and well being of these developers, 
versus me getting this game by the end of the year. We can just wait. Right. And I got the sense that people didn't have the same negative reaction um, to the Witcher 3 release that Mm -hmm. they did to this one, even though um, I did see a little bit of evidence saying that the Witcher 3 had some crunch time issues happening too. Mm -hmm. But I think part of that problem is we're just in a different place right now with like things like workers' rights and whether or not it's viable or ethical or desirable to work people to the bone, basically. Yeah. At least mentally, anyway, for the sake of just having another product. And I think a lot more people are critical of that now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the reason that people are so upset is they feel like, one, they didn't get the game they wanted because it's rushed out. And two... They didn't get the game they wanted, and it's sacrificing the mental health. health. Yeah. Right. Wow. That's crazy. Okay, so does that mean then for the months that they're probably patching this, this is also crunch time? I can't prove that, but But likely, yeah, it's it's likely. That's crazy. Yeah. The game game development industry is actually really um, infamous. (laughs) It's infamous for that. Just like any other uh, passion industry, it's a passion industry. Yeah, hmm. that's what that's a term that I made up. But like, like for example, you never hear someone going to school for game design just because they want to make money. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. kind of like art or music mm-hmm. or um, I guess I should say should say studio art um, or music or um, sports. In a way, to even though that's not like school, yeah. But like, you don't get people, yeah. I who's get like, that. I want to play basketball. Just, I mean, mm, yeah. But also, yeah. I know what you're saying. There's a whole lot of extra. They really gotta love it yes, to even exactly. get to get to that. It, it's not like just being an HR manager or yeah. just a random. I mean, IT you know, shout out to the HR managers, so. right? So maybe some people really love <laughs> HR, but like. <laughs> Not a whole lot of people. That's not something you list on things I want to be when I grow up. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, that's that's cyberpunk. That's crazy. I mean, it's good to know, I guess, what's happening. Because, mm-hmm. like, I would only see, like, glimpses of it. Yeah. All I would see was, like, oh, this game. This game's a mess. Or mm-hmm. these glitches are ridiculous. But then I feel like people were still playing it. Yeah. I don't know if it was because people wanted to like see it for themselves type of a thing or if they had already gotten it. I think there's a lot of that because some people, oh, that's another thing I noticed. People really, like, I I kind of filtered out the half of the (laughs) discourse where um, people were in support of how the release happened just because the people that I tend to interact with and the perspective I tend to follow myself towards is a certain way yeah um but i have noticed a lot of people saying things like well this is just how businesses run or i just want the game now i don't care like there's a there's a the way the best way that i've heard it put i've heard it put is that gamers are the worst consumer to have to like service because they'll demand everything from you and they just have like this kind of entitlement almost yeah um that's dumb. Why would you want the game if it's not even like playable? I don't know. It's what playable. That, like, what do you? It's not playable the way it's meant to be, though. Yeah, I think people people who do things like that in their minds, they're not thinking of it like that. They're not thinking 
they're not, I don't think that they're thinking, I don't care if it's finished, I want it now. I think they're thinking, there's no reason it shouldn't be finished. Finish it and get it to me now. It's like there's a certain type of personality who believes that, like, it's almost like they, if someone tells them, I can't do it in this amount of time, they don't hear, it's not possible. They hear, I don't want to work hard enough to make it happen. Right. Assholes, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's my uh, assessment of cyberpunk. So, I guess we're going to go ahead and uh, take ourselves off the air. <laughs> oh, we're on air. Um, okay. Um, And I hope you, I don't know, come back and listen again. Next episode will be completely different likely yeah it's probably gonna be like that for a while yeah all right so that that's us on our way out yeah